Hi, I'm Simon. I'm from Sweden and I'm a Coldplay fan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cold Talks. Do I still know how to do that? I am not sure. I, I, <laughs> uh, it's been such a long time. Oh my god! Like I, I'm, I'm so confused. Right? Um, I have been on a pause for some months due to some very specific reasons. But yeah, Cold Talks is back. Cold Talks is back. I'm still processing that information. Uh, it's so nice to have everybody here. If you're listening to this, if you are from our community, if we interact on Coldplay Twitter, I, I thank you so much for um, you. The fact that you are listening, the fact that you are here after all this time, you still haven't given up on the podcast. <laughs> that makes me truly, truly, entirely happy. Um... God, I missed even speaking in English. Like, English is not my first language. I am an English teacher. I use English a lot in my everyday life, but I miss this so much. <laughs> uh, it's so nice to be back. And uh, before we actually begin to today's conversation, I just wanted to bring some things up. First of them, and I think the most important one is that, well, Code Talks is not going to be a weekly podcast anymore. If you have listened to the previous episode, which was an episode that I recorded um, to explain and to announce that the podcast was going through a break, I said that I didn't have the same amount of time available for uh, this podcast to get done. And I make basically everything by myself. So um, this episode marks the first part of this new period of Code Talks where we're going to have a new episode every 15 days. Every two weeks, we have a new episode, totalizing two episodes in a month, I guess. Well, it's it's a major uh, decrease, but I, maybe this is momentary, maybe this is not, but yeah. Um, we're back and I think that's what it matters, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and basically that's it that's, um, some other changes are going to happen but they're basically technical they're personal and, and the way that I added the podcast is going to change a lot um, but I hope that you guys like it and uh, I wanted to listen from you in the end what do you think that uh, if you feel any technical differences and any uh, editing differences from the next episode on. Why am I saying that those differences only are going to appear the next episode on? Because this episode is a conversation with Simon. He is a Swedish Coldplay fan, as known as Mr. Viva La Vida on Twitter. And we have a reason why, we have a reason for that to exist. Simon is just the great, and that was the last interview. Actually, I, 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 recorded this interview, I recorded this conversation before we stopped the podcast. And I'm releasing it just now because I guess uh, well, it wouldn't make sense to continue and, and do that, uh, to do what I could do back then with this interview because it was a very nice conversation. Simon is a very nice co-player, is a very nice person and I hope that you guys like him 
as I did. But I need to say how grateful and how happy I am that this project is back on track. Lots of things happened in this meantime. We had a whole leg of Coldplay playing in North America, actually in the United States. Lots of great people, some people who have already been here, by the way, have been to that com to that tour. Uh, some people who haven't been here and have been to the tour that I want to bring here. So we have lots of things to do. We have lots of people to talk to. So let's not waste any time any longer. Let's go. Hello, Simon. How are you? Hi, Rodrigo. I'm really, really fine. I'm so happy to be in your podcast. I'm very happy to have you here as well. I think you're the first one from Sweden to appear around here. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. <laughs> But probably, yes, you are. So, well, hope you're feeling good today. Hope you're um, in a mood to to conversations, specifically about Coldplay conversations. So I want you to introduce yourself. Like you have been to the community for quite some, not like a long time, but also not like yesterday. So, um, so please introduce yourself to the community. Please introduce yourself to the people that only know like your Twitter handle on Twitter and this kind of thing. So I've been a fan, uh, I'd say properly since uh, 2011 when Milo Silo came out. You know, I listened to the band uh, already back in 2008 with Viva La Vida and Life in Technicolor. Uh, but it wasn't until Milo came out that I uh, yeah, found out who they were. I got my own computers. I could search for tracks and songs and albums and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and also I have a story about how I like discovered them. But yeah, please tell me, please tell me. Yeah, so <laughs> um, you know, I actually heard that Paradise chorus on the radio, uh, and it was stuck in my mind for days. Like it made such a big impression on me. And I also yeah. heard the verse at another moment, and I didn't realize it was the same song. Oh, oh, okay. And uh, then I heard it once again and I connected those two parts to one song and then I was <laughs> completely stuck with that song so I searched for it on YouTube and found out that amazing music video uh, I thought it was so funny with the elephant and uh, and also I saw at a TV reportage about music uh, that Coplay they have released a new album Oh, uh, and there was a short snippet of Every Teardrop is a Waterfall. I think I remember that. I think I know what you're talking about. They published that on on, on YouTube as well, didn't they? Yeah, didn't I think they? so. And you know, at the time, I didn't know which song it was, but I just remember that was one of the most beautiful glimpses of music I've ever heard. So yeah. it made an amazing impression on me. So I immediately went to YouTube and Wikipedia and search for other Copley songs. I gotta check out which which band this is really so um, yeah and I I came over across clocks you know and immediately I became so nostalgic because I'd heard this song when I was a kid yeah on the radio when I lived back in Stockholm uh, then when I was going to sleep that night uh, you know I had clocks playing in my head and then it <laughs> kind of changed to speed of sound <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Because you know those tracks have some similarities. They do. You could argue. No, that. they do. I truly, I truly agree with you. And I really love that um, kind of style. Really, you know, I love piano. That's the instrument I play, and my favorite wow. instrument. And uh, yeah, so those are two of my favorite songs by them. But did you knew speed of sound back then? Or you just yeah, oh okay. Okay. Because I've got like uh some kind of nostalgia in my head. I think those songs were like hidden in my mind since I was a kid and I they just yeah. came back to me and talk yeah. as well. And uh so since then Coplay has been a really big part of my life. I you know, I was in uh what do you say, middle school or yeah, you call it that. Um, yeah. back then. So Copy became my way of like escaping the <laughs> everyday life. I, yeah. I listened to, yeah, my silent, I just came out. So I listened to that album all the time when I went to school and back home. And yeah. I got my first iPod touch. So I had all the tracks. I bought it on iTunes and yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like, um, I think everyone that has discovered the band after like the classic four first albums, maybe three. Um, I think that everyone has a story like that of like remembering pieces of music that you already know that you have already heard, but you had no idea that it was that band that you have just discovered. And, and that was the only thing that you listened for like months and months. <laughs> So yeah, that story is is kind of like history repeats as well. So um, that's something um, that's that's kind of a, a, a similar path that we all have to follow. I remember that when I I I was starting to actually listen to the band. The first album that I listened like from front to back was "A Rush of Blood to the Head" because I first discovered Clocks in a movie, in a very strange movie. <laughs> but, and then I, I listened to the song and then a cousin of mine said, hey, this is the album, like, take a listen. So then you can listen to this song and to lots of others. And I was like, I was very young. I was probably like 10 years old, something like that. I was very young. And then uh, my impression was exactly that because... um. When it comes to In My Place, that is the second track of the album, I was like, hey, <laughs> wait a minute, I know this, I know this. And this repeated a lot with the scientists. I remember that my mother showed me the scientists, like she's, we were on on the car listening to music and, she's, and she said something like, listen to that. And I was like, oh, okay, this is nice. And, uh, but that was it. And then I listened to the album and there it was, like just before clocks, actually, just before the song I was hoping to listen. So um, this is kind of a similar journey that we all have. Oh, that's so uh, interesting to hear. And uh, the Rush of Blood to the Head uh, album was actually the uh, first one I really got into. Uh, uh, and uh, I also remember from another uh, Cold Talks I listened to that you talked about that, how Copeland yeah. uh, introduced you to the concept of an album yeah and that was really the same story for me um <laughs> you know how uh, different tracks put in a specific order can 
give another meaning of them and them telling a story. And I had yeah. not experienced that with music before. So I have Copley to thank for uh, both discovering other bands that were in that kind of, uh, you know, in the fandom and that they liked, but also the itself, the concept of listening to albums. Uh, yeah. And I still do that. And I will always continue to, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this is something because um, this develops inside of ourselves in very different ways. So um, I I have the same, the same thing of like listening to them and then discovering that, hey, I can listen to more albums. There's, there are more albums out there that are not just this one. So I can listen to other things and have similar experiences and be inside of a specific atmosphere and a specific like little planet for like 40, 50 minutes. And then having the capacity to say, oh, I like this or I don't like that because of this, because of that. And then it grow a lot on me, for example, that I, I started not feeling comfortable with only like listening to the album. I don't know, it's that because like my first experience with listening to an album was with a CD, like it was physical. And then I moved to like MP3s at the time, but maybe like <laughs> younger people than I am, I don't know how old you are, but maybe I, I'm 24. So maybe younger people than, than, than I am will listen to that and will laugh. But I don't know if that's, that was because like my first time was with a proper CD that I feel I miss when I listen to an album on streaming, for example, I miss like booklets. I miss like looking at something. And now like recent, most recently I started buying vinyl. So um, that it's even bigger that when we talk about visual art it's even bigger. So the feeling of like holding a record in your hands and not only in your cell phone, like that, the feeling of listening to something that is actually physical, that you can grab, that you can flip the pages and, and understand this piece of, of music as a whole piece of art that with visuals and with lyrics, that's breathtaking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the concept of a physical album really gives it the justice it deserves, I think, because you have... Uh, so much uh, time putting into making an album. You have uh, yeah. art done and uh, that really lifts it up to like giving uh, the image that the musicians probably want to. And yeah. and that's something I love so much about Coplay, how they really, as you, as you said, how they create a whole world, a whole world around an album. And yeah how they bring in artists to work with them, like Paris and Pilar Seta, how they uh, also use music videos uh, and also make their live stages. Uh, that's what's, why I'm so excited about the live stages. Yeah. We are going to see another new one now soon. Uh, like how they really <laughs> reflect the album and uh, yeah. Especially now with music of the spheres, like, now we're literally entering like new planets and new worlds and new atmospheres. And uh... I don't want to spoil too much to listeners, but uh, I think <laughs> I can say that just the thing that the C stage now is circular. I just get 
so excited about yeah, like the, that. <laughs> the C stage now is circle. Like I have been like tracking those photos or people are posting up with the Costa Rica stadium and, and the new, um, the new stage. And I noticed that as well. Like the C stage is now circular. Everything that we are seeing, we can assume that we have a specific reason for that. It's something that I'm very excited. And they seem to have some really cool plans about the lightning, like taking that to another dimension. Yes. I look at those clips when they are checking the the lightning. It's uh, yeah, amazing. And they will have like xylobands or maybe only just wristbands that close in the dark, not just the, the actual xylobands, but... I mean, on 2012, they put us, like the fans, into the middle of the concert as being an active part of the concert with the xylobands. Now they're making, like, they still having, they still using them, but like, they have a very different. I remember, I think you're, I think we're talking about the same video <laughs> or the same pictures with the, like, the strobe lights and 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 some some lightning that goes all around the stadium, and I'm thinking like. What I remember on the Half Full of Dreams tour, I went with that tour with my mother. She's actually a very, <laughs> a very big Coldplay fan as well, and uh, she pointed in 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 the middle of the concert. I don't remember which song it was, but she pointed me like to the opposite side. I think I have a picture of that to the opposite side of the stage, so the other half of the audience. And we had like projections on a very specific part. I won't even, I can't even describe that properly, but we had like lightning projections in a very specific part of the the crowd that formed like some some images and, and, and the, the kaleidoscope thing. And I was like, I haven't even noticed that. And this is the middle of the concert. Like how thoughtful those guys were and back then. So like this is this this is something so like every time that you see something live by Coldplay, you have something new as well. Yeah, and that's how detailed they are in when they create something, they really put everything into it and yeah. You never stop being amazed by them. And yeah. I'm so excited to, you know, what theories that will come through this tour and which will not. But, <laughs> you know, I have, yeah. like, at the Atlanta show when there were those planets uh, hanging yeah. on the roof, I, I really hope they bring that into a stadium in some, some kind of way. Um, yeah, really don't know how, but I really want to <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, it's it would be nice to have the planets, like, hanging, because... The planets were also in that concert on... Yeah, the Climate Pledge Arena. The Climate Pledge Arena, thank you very much. Uh, on that concert, the planets were not just hanging there. They were part of the lightning as well. So for I remember that Infinity Station was made of like LED wires that would like make the sign of, of, of infinity... So, um, oh, yeah, that I is mean, the remember. actual, remember that, that is the actual concept of the planet. Like, uh, so, I mean, if they, they, if they're able to do that on, on the tour, I'm so excited for this tour guy. If they're able to make that on the tour, it would just be so incredible. So amazing because, um, yeah. yeah and I have, uh, 
one kind of theory, I don't know if it will become true, but maybe they focus more on the lightning side of things and a little bit less of on the fireworks and stuff as a kind yeah. of sustainability. Yeah, they have a, a project about sustainability now. So, um, yeah, I never thought about that, but maybe that's a good point. Yeah, and it, it will be so cool to see how they how far they can come and those uh, uh, little... How those uh, cool inventions like the floor that you can jump on and uh, yeah. how that will turn out. And uh, I, I just look so much forward to hear Chris telling the audience, like, now you really got to jump because this going <laughs> to <laughs> be like during humankind or, yeah, it's going to yeah. lower our climate impact if you jump more. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the higher you jump, uh, the the bigger number of trees we're going to have in the world. <laughs> I can literally see Chris Martin say something like that. Yeah, like stopping the song. song for that reason or something. <laughs> exactly. Like you're not jumping in the way you should. You should jump higher. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think that this is going to be something. And um, even though like we have all those theories about how this is going to look how the story is going to look, about the set list, how this is going to sound properly. But at the same time, like I recorded yesterday with uh, uh, with Christoph. He's an, also another like co-player from, from the band. And uh, yeah, I know him. this weekend I have been with a friend that she used to be a very big Coldplay fan, but she isn't anymore. Like she, I don't know, she kind of doesn't like that much this, those new albums and I guess, well... It's her ride. What can I do? But how surprised was I when she, out of the blue, she owned a record shop and I went there to buy the Music of the Spheres vinyl. And then she, out of the blue, she said, oh, please let me know when they're coming to Brazil because I want to go to their concert. And I was like, you hated Music of the Spheres. Why do you want to go to the tour? And, uh, and she was like, I don't care. Like, Coldplay concerts are an experience by themselves. I don't care if I like or not the album. The con- I know that the concert will be a very nice one. And she even said that the songs that she doesn't like that much live, she doesn't care if she she likes it or not. So like, I was, I remember when I think it was Kyle that came here and said something very similar, like. Um, uh, like if you don't like Coldplay, even if you don't like Coldplay, try like consider going to the concert because it's something completely different. So when she said that, my head went to Kyle's speech at the same time. I was like, yeah, the man was right. The man was actually very right. Yeah, that's so true. And so I actually brought my whole family once during the last wow. hour. So we all had seats uh, at the Gothenburg show, the first one. It was so rainy. Um, <laughs> but I think that was good because then we, when Coldplay came on, it was such a, it was such a contrast, you know. They really <laughs> yeah. rocked the heck out of the stadium. It was, <laughs> I was so proud of the guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Since you talked about live events now, um, 
have you ever attended? Well, you have attended to a Coldplay concert, but what's your like resume of Coldplay concerts? How many Coldplay concerts have you attended? Yeah, I think I'm uh, up in 15. 15 concerts? Yeah, but you know, wow. all of okay. them is was during the Headful Dreams tour. Uh, one wow. was uh, the my first ever concert. Actually, it was the Milo Siloto show in Stockholm in wow. 2012. So you know, I had never been to a concert, and my <sighs> wonderful mom, she knew I liked Coldplay, you know, and I'd loved them for a year. So she managed to fix uh, a ticket for me and for two of my friends. Wow. Uh, just a couple of days before, so I had I hadn't seen any live videos of the live <laughs> show really. I mostly watched the music videos. Uh, wow! And I had no idea of the set list, and then I went inside there, and I was I got kind of close to the stage, and it was just so amazing to see all the the aesthetics, you know, the painting in the back, yeah. and how precious this the stadium was, and. Uh, Uh, you know, it was such an open stadium, so there were so many, like so much fireworks and uh, confetti rain. And I, that night really blew my mind off. It was the most amazing uh, evening I've ever experienced in my yeah. life. Then I was <laughs> wow. really stuck uh, also into Coldplay as a live band, you know. So uh, I tried to get to the Royal Albert Hall show. But wow. uh, I couldn't find any tickets online, so I didn't go. But then uh, I, when I, ha I had graduated from high school just before the Headful Dream Store, so I got it. I took the money I had worked and some savings, so and I used all too much money on <laughs> tra traveling to see yeah. them, especially the second uh, summer of the tour. Got it. And that was amazing, yeah. really. You know, I met so many good friends uh yeah. friends i talked to online uh, at that time i was mostly on cold playing forum actually uh, yeah. got onto twitter later um but i also met so many fans at the venues uh especially in germany so yeah, yeah and th that was so cool you know you you became like a family you recognized people at the show yeah uh and oh, yeah. oh my god they were all everyone was so excited about the band and even though they didn't admit it uh they actually were i remember one uh, <laughs> girl i uh, shouldn't mention her name but she said like oh, i'm not that big kind of a copy fan anymore but then when the doors opened i was second one running in she was the first one she was like uh wow okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I remember when Milo Zyla took him out and then like the next route there was a half full of trains some people had that kind of feeling of uh, oh but I'm just here for the old songs like I'm not here for I remember a guy on that was right in front of me on the half full of dreams tour I went to Sao Paulo and in, in Porto Alegre like the, the concerts that they recorded here in Brazil like the very end of the tour So it was a very nice experience, lots of fans, lots of people. But I remember this one guy on Porto Alegre where he he was just like sitting down the whole concert, the entirety of the concert. But when Viva La Vida came out, this guy went crazy. Like he went, he started hallucinating, like it is 
definitely the song of his life. And like um when Viva La Vida like Viva La Vida on, on the Half of Dreams tour, it transitioned to Adventure of a Lifetime. So there was not like a, a silence in the middle of these two songs. So I remember that he like in that transition he was like again like freaking out. But then when Johnny started the riff from Adventure of a Lifetime, he just sat down again. And I was like, how come you sit down in a song like Adventure of a Lifetime after a boost of energy from Viva La Vida? Like the whole Viva chant made by like an entire like arena. And then you just sit down. But yeah, all that to say that some people are like that. How can you attend a Coldplay concert with like, and then when you actually start to jump and sing around you, and then how can you even sit down again? Yeah. Actually, I could ask myself that because it was actually yeah. one of my best uh, memories from Love Story was during Adventure of a Lifetime. And I yeah. didn't sit down because it, it was in Hanover and, uh, you know, the moment when Chris come out on the catwalk and everybody go low. Uh, yeah. And then he, you know, I was like, I don't know why I didn't go low. I think <laughs> I was kind of starstruck because he came so close on the catwalk. And then okay. I think, you know, I saw how he pointed in my direction. And <laughs> I did, then I kind of lost my hearing because I didn't, I was just focusing on Chris. Oh and then he went by. And then my friend uh, Hans, he told me that uh, Chris just told you um, to uh, go low, <laughs> Mr. Viva La Vida, go low. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I changed my name on Twitter because Chris named me that. <laughs> <laughs> now I got it. Oh, okay. Now, now I can see <laughs> Mr. Viva La Vida. <laughs> yeah, your Twitter name is Mr. Viva. So yeah, now I got. Now I understand it. I thought it was just a joke. But yeah, I remember in this song, like while this song was playing and that part came where Chris said, like, everybody go low. And uh, Chris was just the best. He started saying in Portuguese, like the same thing in Portuguese. Well, but he's Portuguese. I mean, well, his Portuguese was not the best. <laughs> so people were not understanding. So I remember like... Yeah, so every, so he was he was talking. Everybody was just like looking, and then even if he hadn't said anything, I knew that that was a moment that we should go low because then in the end we were just going to jump together and those kind of things. I really hope that they do that in this year as well because this is just magical. But I remember that I like imagine myself. I'm not that tall, but imagine myself, like only myself in the middle of the crowd. I was in the arena part, so I was not like very close to the stage in this concert. So imagine just me and my mother, because I, I, I pulled her down with me as well, <laughs> like shouting to everybody. He said, we need to go low. He said, we need to go low. And everybody just looking at me like, what? What is this guy saying? So I didn't give a damn. I, just, I was just so happy that in the end, when everybody jumped with Chris and the band, I was the one jumping as well. Because then when everybody jumped together, then the people who were not like going low understand why I was like <laughs> hidden in the middle of the crown. And then they were like, oh, okay, okay. 
<laughs> but then it was already too late. He gave you some recognition in the end for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I miss that tour so much. I miss those days so much. I need a concert. I need a Coldplay concert. Is that like one of your best concert memories of them? Or like, oh, have, of course. You you of can... course. I mean, I think the best that was something that I don't know if it was Coldplay Extra or Coldplaying, but one of those fan clubs asked that on Twitter some days ago. And uh, I remember at, uh, like seeing people repli- people's replies and, and answering that as well. But my, I think my best memory, like I cannot think about the I Have Full of Dreams tour, which was the only tour that I attended. But I cannot think about that tour without remembering the actual first second of the concert. Like when any when everything turns red because of the silo bends and and the flower of life starts to appear in the in the in the screen. So when I think about when I close my eyes and think about this tour, that's what comes to my mind because it was the time that I I started realizing okay this is happening like and it, it was the very end of the tour. It was almost the last concert of the tour. We had only two others in Buenos Aires after the one I went to in Porto Alegre. So it was the very end of the tour. So I have I have been watching like videos and, and people's recordings and tracking the set lists for so long. And then that was the moment that I realized like, this is not a video. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? This is not a video. This is reality. This is happening. Yes. So, I mean, it was breathtaking, like every time that the best memory for me. So magnificent, that uh, intro. And uh, when I saw them in Stockholm, we we had a night with this closed roof, you know, and I really got that uh, experience that I bet you always have in in South America when it's always dark at that time. Time I was I was waiting to ask you that question. I was waiting to ask you that. <laughs> That's what me so sad. So yeah, one time I've experienced that fully. Um, great. But great. also, I really enjoy concerts in the daylight. Really, uh, you you really get um, a feeling of like you can see everybody in a more oh, clear way. And yeah. I think Copley really enjoyed it during the Gothenburg shows. They were like. They stopped the song until like, yeah, both to stop filming, but also like normally we can't see everybody this time of the show because it's dark, but that, yeah, because of the beautiful sunlight in Sweden, you they could see all the way to the back end. Uh, so yeah. I think it was a cool experience for them as well. Yeah, for them, it must be very nice to see everybody. And uh, I remember on the live 2012, yeah, the, yeah, the live DVD to the Malazalata tour. They did some talking in the middle of the. Have you watched that DVD? Do you know yeah, what I'm talking I, about? I love that part when they. Yeah, sometimes they stop the concert to talk, basically, with the Malazalata reprises in the background. So oh, I love them yeah. so much. We gotta talk about them later. Oh, yes, <laughs> that that is just so amazing. Like, but yeah, I remember. Chris told, in, I think it was Chris, I'm pretty sure it was Chris, that that was the first tour that they actually stopped everything to look people in the eye. 
And I mean, um, they have always cared a lot to people. They, they always say like, even though you were in the front, if you were on the back, if you're on the sides, I hope that you have a great experience and, and blah, blah, blah. But in that tour, they said that that was the moment where they could actually feel so comfortable on stage to stop and look people in the eye. And I guess that didn't finish, like that's still happening as well and like until today. And this part of the, of the tour, like I was very far away, of course, they didn't look me in the eye but at the same time when you talked about that like in a concert in the light of day for them and for the fans as well that could look to them in the eye and, and literally connect not only with the music not only with the like the lighting it but to them properly as, as human beings Oof, that's just overwhelming in the best way possible yeah and they are so uh incredible incredibly good in creating that connection with the fans and that yeah. gives the music such another dimension as well because uh, yes. when you listen to it and that was why i felt for coldplay so much because that music just spoke to me so much and yeah meant so much for me especially at that time when i grew up and so when you then can enjoy it live and with other fans who also love that music and when you also feel like it's like you you became you become so much closer to the music uh yeah. for for a night and that's why i like i don't think the joy of coplay as a live experience that isn't at all about the number of shows you have attended yeah no, i just think that it's always an amazing experience no matter if you attend one or 10 shows it's um just being at that uh, place it's like the happiest place on earth yeah with fans around you and it's like a whole day experience you know when you yes i get so excited about that about the show like i already have my countdown on my app uh <laughs> it doesn't work on the coffee app but i have another app for <laughs> so yeah I always want to show up early and, um, you know, I get so excited when I hear the sound checking in the queue. I think that's one of the most yeah. exciting parts when you, you may hear something about tonight's set list and, uh, yeah, just knowing they are inside their sound checking. It's, uh, actually I have a wonderful memory from when I was at the Leipzig show during, uh, the last summer of the Adful Dreams tour. Because uh, one of my all-time favorites, one of them, uh, is Lovers in Japan. Ooh, they yeah. actually sound-checked Lovers in Japan. Oh my God. So I could hear it outside the stadium. And then yeah. they played jazz. <laughs> yeah. And I stood outside there with goosebumps on my arm. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> I remember on, uh, on the concert I attended, I listened to a sound check of something that nobody knew what was it. And I remember like, we met lots of friends there, like lots of people that already knew each other, but at the same time, there are new people that you meet on the, on the concerts. And, uh, I remember we had a group conversation, like a group chat and we were commenting because we were at the same stadium, but in lots of different parts. So, uh, but we could communicate via like our cell phones in our group chat. So I remember we talking about like, wait, what is that coming from this, from the sound check? Like, I don't know that song. I don't know what this is. Yeah. And uh, we still don't know that it was very like rocky 
And uh, very, I remember they sound checked like on, on Porto Alegre's concert. When they finished that concert, they would go straight to Buenos Aires to finish the tour. And in Buenos Aires, they played the Musica Ligera, that is a classic from South America in general. And they sound checked that in the concert that I was attending. So I remember listening to that and say, okay, I think nobody knows that they're going to, it was clear to me that they were going to play that in Buenos Aires. It was very clear. But I was like, okay, I think nobody knows that they were going to do that. So um, what do I do with that information? Do I tell everybody? Do I, I was not active on Twitter that back then, but everybody started noticing that. And we have a Brazilian version of that song as well. So we were, wait, they're going to play that because, because the Brazilian version is not that nice, I must say. But they were playing. So I was like, wait, they're going to play that? Or are they just going to play that on, South, on, on Buenos Aires? What is going to happen? But yeah. It was very nice. Yeah, but tell me about them. Aren't they called Soda Stereo or something? Yeah, they're Soda Stereo, but they're from um, they're from Buenos Aires. They're from Argentina. But we have a version of that by a band here in Brazil, a band that I guess they don't even exist anymore, which is not like very nice. I mean, the, the translation that they did to Portuguese was kind of cringy, and uh, I don't know. It's it was not. Very nice. So it became like a meme here in Brazil, <laughs> that version of the song uh, in, in Portuguese, because it was just so different and so whatever, so cringy. So when I, I heard them sound checking that, I was like, okay, please, Coldplay, don't do that. <laughs> not here in Brazil. You're going to be a meme. It's not going to be nice. <laughs> but, and they didn't actually. Uh, they played it only on... Um, Buenos Aires. So. It was so cool to see when it became apparent among the audience which song it was and everybody looked so crazy in the live videos. And yes. I remember Chris saying that that's one of his best ever musical memories. Yeah, for sure. We can we can see, we can actually listen to that in the live in Buenos Aires CD because uh, you can perfectly tell that the, the, the audience... Um, is literally going crazy. I remember when, I think it was Glastonbury 2016, where they played Staying Alive with Barry Gibb. Oh yeah. I think it was the very same reaction because I think people were not expecting Barry Gibb to enter the stage. And I mean, they just played the, the greatest song of the band for the longest time ever, that is Staying Alive. And everybody knows the lyrics, even if you don't like the song. So, uh, and everybody knows the classic. So we have like a classic man as Coldplay playing a classic song by the Bee Gees with Barry Gibb himself. So uh, I guess that was just very similar to the experience that people had in Buenos Aires where they played. Uh, the Soda Stereo song. Yeah, yeah, and that shows how much they care about the audience, that they really want to do something special at every place they went to and that they really take some time to to learn about which artists that are big there and uh, what people love. They learn the languages, for God's sake. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, something that, that was very nice that happened here in, in, in Brazil and like the last leg of the concert, of, of the tour, in Brazil and in Buenos Aires, they played a song specially made for that concert. Like they made a song for Sao Paulo, they made a song for Porto Alegre and, made, and they made a song for Buenos Aires. 
and like the Brazilian songs was like a, a bossa nova or a samba kind of like song with John Hopkins, by the way. Oh, yeah. He was there like when he entered the stage, I was like, guys, you're not freaking out the, the amount that you should because like this is just John Hopkins like in front of you. But well, whatever. He's amazing, really. He's just amazing. And like half of Coldplay's discography is John Hopkins. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, you you have to admit you you get the best pre-acts in South America, really. Yeah, Dua Lipa, he, John Hopkins. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Dua Lipa back then, so I didn't enjoy it properly her concert. Like I started listening to her songs because of that concert. So yeah, and like I'm a very big fan of Future Nostalgia, the the album that she released back then. So it didn't exist in 2017. That was the year that she released her first album which I was not very passionate about. I haven't even listened to the album. But now, like, if, if they, if Coldplay, if you want to do that again, <laughs> if you want to bring Dua Lipa again, I, ha I, I would not complain at all. This, is, this was just such a cool day. I remember, like, when the song that they played had very specific, like, cultural references of like famous places back then. I remember like in the Porto, like Chris Martin's father was here for the tour. Like I I, I remember seeing, I forgot his name. Ah, there's no clock ringing, but I remember how it looks like. Yeah. 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 It's a very simple name. Maybe, maybe I found it later, but I remember he was here. And in Porto Alegre, that is a, a city in the South of Brazil, there is a very typical, like, cultural kind of clothing. Of course, that people don't walk in the street with that, but when we have, like, specific parties and specific, like, cultural events, people dress like that. And I remember seeing a picture of Chris Martin's father, I think it's Anthony, of his father dressed up like that. <laughs> and I was like, they did it. They literally did it. They dressed up his father as, like, with the, the, the natives uh, and the, the native culture. So they care so much, as you were saying, like they always know something, even though if something, sometimes it's just like good morning or good afternoon or good evening, uh, they know that in the language that they are, in the, the country that they are, so, you know? So if we compare that, some artists play like entire concerts without knowing where they are, like, this happens. They don't even know where they are, like in the world. They just play at a concert. So that's a very nice thing about Coldplay. Like we cannot complain about that. Yeah, that's really unique about them. Um, I remember uh, reading one interview on their webpage with Debs Wild, you know, who uh, found them and told about them to uh, labels. And uh, yeah. she was working at uh, Universal, Universal at that time. Uh, yeah. But her boss uh, nobbed them because he didn't like Chris chit-chatting around <laughs> with the audience. Polyphone, you know, uh, I think they nobbed them first as well, but then they gave them yeah. a deal. So I, yeah, maybe the chit-chatting wasn't uh, the same back then, but at least nowadays it's amazing, an amazing way to involve the audience, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a part of the concert. I mean, if Coldplay went there and played like from front to back, from track one to track like 30 of a concert, 
and didn't speak to the audience, it would be a very nice concert. But I remember as well, for example, and I was talking to that with Christoph the last episode. Like, uh. I remember that I wasn't a big fan of that version of uh, Everglow that they played. It was just Chris in the piano and then Johnny coming out in the end with the guitar solo. And that was it. That was the track. I wasn't a big fan of that. But Chris has this, like the best speech ever before this song started. That was just that made that song that was just piano and voice sound as if they were playing with a whole orchestra with them. Because of what he said about like how to properly experience that song, I remember that the year was 2017, the word wasn't in their best um, shape, still isn't, but wow. But I remember that Chris talked about that, like. We know that the word is not the best, but we hope I'm getting teary, I'm getting emotional, like, but we hope that in this specific night we can actually like send the love that we think that the word needs to everybody. And then he played Everglow in a version that I didn't even like. But I started like getting so emotional because of that. But um it was true, like it's kind of corny if you think of it. It's kind of a cliche, but it was so true at that moment. It's so true, yeah. And that song really gets another dimension live when, yeah. when you have that background to it. And yeah. it was an amazing moment when you really had that uh, yeah. moment where you were able as a attender at a concert to think about somebody you cared about or a situation happening in the world at that moment because yeah. uh, there were always a lot of stuff going on during yeah both now but also back then uh yeah all parts of the world and um so the, yeah i think their music has a meaning for that it never really gets um yeah their music always uh, has this impactful meaning i find it to have that meaning in my yeah, life it's not just a song right i know in brazil we have an expression but it's something that says that sometimes art should be just art like music should be just music and even the expression is used to criticize that idea of like music is just music it's just notes and and chords and melodies and that's it. Okay, like and, it, it couldn't be political or is that the what the quote means or also not only but also yes like there is an expression that says that and people nowadays they use this expression to criticize the expression so I mean it, it turns backwards nowadays. <laughs> I remember like I was having like very specific kinds of discussions. Like I am a musician, so um, I always have been very against that idea of uh, like art should be art and music should be music and those kind of things, because that's just impossible. Even if you think, if you like write a song in the idea that this song is going to finish by itself, like it's just this, it, it won't be because you release that song to the people and the people, like the audience will make that into something bigger than you thought it was. But I remember that when Chris, um, and, and when, the, when Chris made that speech and when the whole song played and like 
Coldplay's concert is very political by itself. Like in the I Have Flow Dreams tour, they began the concert with the Charlie Chaplin speech. Yeah. That is just from the great dictator, one of the best, one of the biggest like political movies of all time. And unfortunately we're having like, this is not the majority, thanks God. But we have some people in the community that just doesn't seem to click to that information. Like to that part of the band that is just so clearly political and clearly against war and discrimination and uh, now climate change. So um, I think it's so nice that they are having that climate thing, but also the political thing so evident and so clear on this tour. I remember some days ago, sorry, just a second. I remember some some months ago, actually, where like Brazil has a very big part of the Amazon forest that from our government now it's been completely devastated. And uh, this is, I don't even like to talk about it, but I remember that they tweeted things like straightly, like directly to the mayors of that cities like Brazilian cities and, and like other South American countries that has a part of the Amazon and they tweeted it in Portuguese, like tagging like mayors and governments, like saying, hey, what are you doing to keep that like alive? And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to be a fan of a band like that. This is just so, um, so important nowadays. And, and yeah, I don't know why I talked about that, but yeah. Yeah. How they, but that's so cool. How they use their platform in all kinds of ways, both as putting some pressure in as a yeah political pressure. And also both that they sing about and write music about issues that happens to people in their daily yeah. life. Because uh, those events taking place in the world, it affects all of us in some kind of ways. So, yeah. Um, but also in how they tour nowadays, and that they yes, yeah. don't want to sing about something, they also want to take action, and yeah, that really show the true side. Yeah, it's not only like the the words. Nah. And I mean, they're being very transparent about this. They're being very clear about this. They made like they made the app now, but when they announced the tour, they made the, the whole um, website explaining actually what was going to happen, like in very different ways, like in food, in power, energy, in transportation, like they made like everything as clear as possible. And I, I really like, we're talking from a specific like bubble where are very big fans. And so we, I, I have read that website from front to back. <laughs> like I know like everything that they're going to do to make this tour green and eco-friendly and those kind of things. I really honestly don't know how that affects people who are not from inside that bubble. But at the same time, I mean, I remember that this became news this thing like Coldplay is making an eco-friendly tour. This was on like the TV the other day. They are huge, so they can make statements very clearly. Yeah, and I think that um, both that they are heard in the media about it uh, yeah. can 
yeah put some pressure on other artists to do the same but also that yes. they can actually do a comparison between this tour and last tour so even though they don't succeed in uh, every sector of it they can uh, still point on which parts of the show that can be improved we could improve this this much so probably you can do the same by using the same technology as we did um, yeah Yeah, I, I remember an interview with Chris Martin that he said exactly that. Like, he said something like, I know we're not going to be 100% effective on this tour in this idea of being eco-friendly. But if we don't start somewhere, like, we're never going to achieve anything. And yes, I really hope that this now is, becomes like a trend. Something that people start thinking about more um directly and, and trying to actually do something not only saying as as you told that's something that tends to be like very revolutionary in meanings of um how people tour and uh especially now after the pandemics i mean um i think i won't say all of us because that's maybe too much but In general, people who are worried about like the planet and those kind of things after the pandemic realized how fragile everything is. So um, it's like there is not other option. It's not about like Coldplay choosing to do this or that. No, that's the only option because or at least that's the only option that does not lead to implosion. <laughs> Over planet. So, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think the last years really show that it was like a cold shower, like a cold shower, yeah. in a way of that things can really change fast uh, and really horrible <laughs> stuff can happen. So, yeah. uh, news are real, and uh, but <laughs> yeah. also actions that are done can do an impact. So, yeah. Simon, thank you very, very much for being here. Like, wow, that was one of the best conversations for season two, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's really, uh, I'm really proud to be part of this podcast. Oh. I love listening to it. And it's so oh. cool that you really feel like you get to know the other Coldplay fans. Like me, some of them you haven't, yeah, like all of them, I, I haven't heard their voices before. And yeah went into listening and you afterwards you feel like you know the person and uh yeah. you're a really good host in your way of uh, yeah giving that impression back to the listeners so thank you thank you so much i mean that's that was the whole idea i was like i remember I, i began being a part of the community like on twitter because of higher power and the alien languages and i was like okay i need to create something i need to help those people uh, trying to figure out what is what are those signs and what, what what is actually being said. And so I remember having that same feeling, like I'm chatting every day with those people and I sometimes I don't even know their names. How come? Like, this is so unfair. And those are just so nice people and we have the best conversation started ever. So why not? So. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of creating this podcast was to give people literally a voice, like listening to them and, and 
sometimes looking at them and seeing what their faces are, what they, how they present themselves to the world. And this is just beautiful. I feel so lucky to be part of this and uh, to talk to all of you. I feel so lucky. So I'm the one to thank, really. I'm the one who should thank because I feel so lucky doing that. Yeah, but you, yeah, and you, when you go to future shows and uh, whenever you go around the world, there will be so many people you can like uh, <laughs> visit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've already talked to some people saying that like, I don't want to watch Coldplay concerts only in Brazil. I do not have the money to do that right now, <laughs> but who knows in the future? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, one of the my biggest dreams now is to like meet those people, like meet you guys and and everyone who has already been here in real life. Like this is the next step. I really want to maybe like record an episode with everyone presentially live and and wow, that's just a dream because again, we have the best conversation topic ever. Like we know this band front to back, so why not? <laughs> Simon, do you have anything else to say? Do you want to finish uh, by saying something specifically? No, uh, nothing rather than than that. I'm happy to be part of the whole Coldplay fan community. And uh, I'm so thankful for the friends I met uh, by being a part of it. And uh, I can't wait to uh, experience all future memories both online and in real life. Uh, yeah. So, um, and if you wanna just feel free to follow me on my Twitter account if you want and uh, have a chat. <laughs> Remember that you are Mr. Viva La Vida. <laughs> so amazing. We're going to have your, your Twitter account on the description of the episode. So don't worry. Yeah. So yeah, Simon, thank you very, very much. I hope that you have a lovely week. Today's Tuesday, so the week is just beginning. <laughs> so we have a lot of uh, things to do. So I hope that you have a very nice week. And I hope that when you go to a Coldplay concert, that you enjoy it very much. <laughs> Take pictures for us to see. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you as well. Thank you so much for listening to Go Talks. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Rodrigo Saminis. I also made the soundtrack of the show, which is original since season two. Graphic design is made by Luis Eduardo Pinheiro. I ask you please to rate the podcast and follow us in the platform that you're listening to. It helps us a lot. Also, if you like Co-Talks and want to support the show, please consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash co-talkspod to donate whatever you want. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at co-talkspod, P-O-D. Thank you very much and see you next week.